You're listening to Adam RMD GED. Fuck speciesism shaming episode number 196. Time to save some cats and dogs, motherfuckers. On underground cartoon therapy. You heard the guy. It's time to get off your ass, America. It's time to bring out some heroes for these four-legged people, motherfuckers, that ain't got no voice. And we're going to talk about some heroes today, man. Because this is it. This is the age we consciously fucking wake up and stop being fucking dicks. Don't like my mouth? Fucking do something about it. Welcome to the show, episode 196, creeping up on the old 200. I want to bring out some heroes, including my mom, who I always think is a hero. I love you, mom. You're fucking awesome. Grandma Gutterpunk joins us. Hero, animal savior, and fucking all-around good fucking person, Phoenix Roebuck. And one of my best friends, too. That's a fucking bonus. And I'd like to fucking bring out Cynthia Sargent. If there was a fucking Captain America, after you hear this episode, man, I think this is what you'd be saying, something like this. You know what I'm saying? Fuck yeah! It's what we need, man. She's out there in South Texas, saving cats and dogs. So listen up and let's get this fucker rolling. Thank you so much for coming. We'll be right back. If they had voices, Right? It'd be like this. <laughs> Dear humans, this is an adoption campaign, but it's not for me or Mr. Buttons or Frank over there. It's for you, humans. This is a call to humans to adopt our movement, to adopt our cause. This isn't just about saving one of us. It's about saving all of us. Thousands of lives. Every single day. It's about support for every one of us four, uh, and sometimes not four-legged best friends, waiting to meet a best friend of our own. With Best Friends Animal Society leading the charge. Shelter by shelter. City by city. We can save thousands of pets each day. Join us. Together we can save them all. Before he was a major league pitcher, threw a no-hitter, and then a perfect game. Before he made history. Mark Burley was just a kid, cut from his high school team, twice. Before Bear taught himself to predict seizures and inspired thousands by saving his owner's life. Before he became a hero, he was just another dog in a Texas animal shelter. There is hidden potential in all of us. We just need someone to see it. Find it at adoptapet.com. We now return. What's up, guys? 
before we get started on the show, I just want to illustrate how serious of a show this is. Um, you know, we usually deal with the PTSD of uh, animals, or I mean uh, humans, and I haven't had an animal show. That's what I'm trying to fucking say. You know what? This is when I need to take another bong hit. Hold on. Anyway, guys, <laughs> Gorilla Biscuits playing in there. Old New York City hardcore, huh? With the track Cats and Dogs. And it's not just about cats and dogs, man. It's about fucking animals all over the fucking world. You know what, man? These guys don't have a fucking voice. And a lot of people just fucking steamroll these guys. And they end up stranded or in fucked up positions. You know, it's uh, not cool, man. We don't do enough for these guys, dude. They're getting destroyed. It's a serious epidemic. Yeah, I might be a stoner or whatever. Maybe I'm not the smoothest fucking talker. But you still know what the fuck I'm talking about, don't you? And it is. It's upsetting. I fucking cried a couple times during the fucking recording of this shit, dude. You know? I fucking don't like it. I, uh, feel like a lot of people do, man, you know? Like, you're kind of on your own trying to do this thing. Phoenix Roebuck knows how it feels. Cynthia Sargent knows how it feels. My mom knows how it feels. I know how it feels. And anybody who's been out there working for these guys. Get going, man. All right. Welcome to the show, Phoenix. Uh, (laughs) We've been trying to get... I've been trying to get this Pets episode for a long time. You know I love animals. Yes, I do. And you're one of the people I have in my life that... Saves animals. <laughs> <laughs> Over the last couple of years, you've had some some stints and have gone out on a limb to save some uh, some some of these people out there that are uh, either on four legs or swimming around or something, right? We got some wings flapping in the they wind. They got some yeah. wings flapping in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, any anything that's not a human animal, I'm I'm trying to like help out. Hey. <laughs> Even if it's a if it's a human, I'll I'll help too. You'll still help a human, but I'll still help a human, but my main work is in non-human animals. At least you're not one of those people that's like I'll save a dog over a person. It's like, well, it depends on what the situation is, right? It really does. It really does. And it's not even necessarily a judgment of the dog or the person. Right. It's just really about what's the most like practical and what needs to happen. Sometimes I'll hear the of- people like that that help pets and they're like, they're just so anti-human. It's like, you know, they go hand oh. in hand, right? Yeah, that that's a really big struggle in the world of, you know, animal and wildlife care and conservation, because there's 
so many people who have been so terrible to the environment and to animals and they see it daily the abuse that happens and you become really jaded and yeah absolutely like yeah uh you lose your compassion towards people there's a they call it uh you know in the shelter world it can be referred to as compassion fatigue compassion fatigue that's a thing Yes, yes. I mean, it happens, you know, in medical world stuff too, you know, doctors and nurses, like seeing people injured or sick all the time, they become kind of like, you know, numb to it and stuff. And that that happens with people and animals too, where they're just like, they're so frustrated by seeing all these terrible things that happen to them all the time that they're just like, that's it. I'm done with humans. You're all terrible people. Uh, It's just non human animals for me from here on out (laughs) yeah it's a it's and it's really hard in a world where like you know if you are working in a shelter environment or if you're working you know like what i i currently do with the um you know the wildlife observation and protection you're supposed to work in teams you know but yet like how can you work in a team if you hate humans and you don't trust them um you've had to (laughs) You've had to work with these people, obviously. That's a mm-hmm. test within itself, right? Yes, absolutely. Because you have to practice having compassion for them, too, and knowing that they're just, like, burnt out from their experiences and stuff. I'm like, okay, let's maybe try this from a different angle here, you know? Yeah. And it, it can happen to me, too. I get I get burnt out from people, and I got I to gotta step back or take breaks or just cut myself off from interacting with all beings, as you know, (laughs) I'll I'll just, I just, I just got to take breaks and it's, um, it's hard. You, well, you're doing the hardest thing and it's like really just physically taxing, right? I mean, in a lot of, a lot of, uh, payoff, but you know, that equal distribution is your solid energy that just, takes the heart and compassion to keep it rolling and to eliminate compassion fatigue, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that our compassion really needs to be like a finite resource, (laughs) but but it, it certainly will feel that way when we're not getting, you know, nourished back by what we need. And a lot of people, you know, in this world, when you're, you're dealing with, you know, whatever your, you know, skill is, if you're working with marginalized or oppressed beings, and like in my case, I, I'm working with nature here and animals, uh, they're, uh, you know, second-class citizens to a lot of humans, and it's it's hard when you care so much. It's totally bullshit, Yeah. <laughs> that's it's such a bullshit way of life value. yeah of thinking and just yeah it's hor- it's awful man that yeah, is it's it's disheartening but it's well they're people conditioned to do they don't they you know? see them as like fucking objects and they don't you know they don't say hey these are other humans these are other people just because they're not walking around on two legs you know or whatever is in our stereotyped kind of classified ass mind these days, you know, and you can yeah. see how 
that thing just needs to change. I hope it does in time, man. You know, I guess uh, they did make uh, herding animals uh, the same as uh, homicide, right? Or it's the same charge now? Is that um, something that I, just happened? I'm not sure if it just happened, but I know there have been some new laws that have been regulated in certain places. Like, uh, they finally acknowledged that, like, lobsters and octopuses are sentient beings, so I think they're, like, going to stop serving those creatures in the UK or something. Uh, <laughs> random things like that. And then with animal abuse, yeah, it's been moved up to, like, a really high felony charge. Um, wow. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm speaking about, I think. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's time. <laughs> and it yeah. should have been a, a while ago. I, like I said, there's a, there's a speciesism that we all suffer from in some capacity, whether it's just like, I don't like spiders, they gross me out. Or if it's people who think that, you know, farm animals are no different than the pets that we keep in our home. Or they're the people who think that, you know, pets and other wildlife are just irrelevant beings. I mean, I just, uh, you don't have to want to keep them all as pets. (laughs) Yeah. And to, to want to, like, cuddle with all of them or anything just to understand that they are their own being. They deserve to live their own life free of us controlling them. Or, um, you know, keeping them from living their best life. That's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm, I would like to, to say that I, or I would like to live to see, you know, more animal liberation <coughs> happen in my lifetime, but we'll see. Well, I guess it has been happening though, too. And you're definitely one of the people and everybody that's part of that network, you know, that shows that kind of love and dedication. And I know they're out there, man, you know, and there's just, you know, I just just seems like one of those things. It's got to be common sense. And, you know, uh, on the magical end, you know, it's one of the seals, right? Part of the land. Uh, and it's just one of those things that has to be protected. It's not just the land itself, but it's all things on the land. Yeah. Yeah. It's what, you know, people, as simple as the honeybees, you know, we're looking at the population of honeybees right now and how they're dying from all the pesticides, insecticides and, and, um, you know, over, um, you know, overproducing or farming of these lands. And, um, you know, that's having a, a huge, huge effect on our food resources as human beings. Yeah. And and that's just, you know, this little tiny creature, the little, little, you know, just think of a little honeybee, a single honeybee, and how important they are to everyone's survival. <laughs> you know, the ocean itself, like, we don't even live in there. We can't swim in it. or Well, we can't swim in it, but we can't breathe in it. <laughs> We're not the apex predator in there, as some like to think of when they think of sharks and certain types of whales, etc. But uh, it is just yeah. as vital to our survival and existence as any other creature on land. 
It's a balance, for the yeah. Ocean to be safe. Yeah, there's a balance, exactly. There's a balance that needs to happen, and everybody has their part to play in it. Yeah. Whether you're the person who does, you know, the recalibrating and balancing for humanity to be, you know, more compassionate to one another, to children, to our elders, or, you know, fighting for marginalized groups, or if it's working for the animals, it all comes into play and it all matters. Hmm. You know, I, w- I hope people hear this particular episode. You know, I want them to hear a lot of the episodes, but this one's like, you know, definitely on the up and up on uh, protection and the kind of protection we should offer out as humans to obvious things that cannot protect itself. And that doesn't mean yeah. sticking them in a goddamn zoo or whatever. Oh my gosh, yeah. right. It's like, come on, dude. Massively upsetting. Well, it's just, it's so exploitative. It's just like, if you're going to stop doing all these other nasty things towards humans, you're going to yeah. have to fucking take the same administrative, whatever that kind of prowess is behind it. Mm-hmm. And it has to be initiated into, you know, this, the care that just has to come out. I haven't necessarily had a, amazing animals you know episode but i've been thinking about this one and there's a story coming up here after uh our segment i'm gonna have my mom's uh sister cynthia mm-hmm. who's a uh, veterinarian and i was telling you a little bit about it how you gave me some information and i just went and expand expanded on it and then inadvertently you and I ended up saving like hundreds of dogs and cats in Texas. Wow. That's so amazing. Yeah. Like San Leandro (laughs) area there or whatever, you know? So, you know that, I mean, it was like SPCAs were getting ready to close down. Mm -hmm. These little guys were going to be on their own, Mm. totally destroyed. And something that you and I did, and I'm going to, we'll listen to the episode a little later, guys, because I'm not even sure what the fuck we did, <laughs> but we're going to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> and that's, you know, I got to keep the comedy edge, but it's true. We did, we did save these guys, man. Isn't that fucking rad? That's, I mean. So fucking rad, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, that's punk yeah. as fuck. I love yes, that it shit. Is. It's punk yes. as fuck. I was just having that conversation the other day about how like <laughs> kindness and kindness and compassion is like punk rock is is so punk rock and be punk as fuck. <laughs> I don't know why people never got that. They thought it was more punk to slam dope and be a dick. I guess. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's associated with a rebellion, you know. So people think that rebellion means that you're just inherently going to be like difficult with people and an asshole for some reason but that's not what that means when they're rebelling against a system that's literally hurting people they're the like, early no, phases I, yeah yeah how, how do you how do you <laughs> yeah kindness? and when you're younger you know this shit isn't necessarily on your mind but as you do grow and mature it most definitely should be something that's on your mind in the in the capacity that you're not the only fucking asshole on this fucking planet. Get it your head out of your ass. And even if you uh, operate, you know, as 
you know, one believes an isolated, lonely individual, you're still never doing anything alone. You literally need, you need the bees just as much. Somehow, you know. <laughs> you're, you're not, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, even the most isolated. Other animals. Mm-hmm. Yes, even the most isolated, you rely on a community of your environments and beings. So it's all part of it. It's a depressing thought, yeah, to think about what it's like without, you know, that's, you know, this this true truth of, uh, it's like a truth of death. It's not the truth of death, but it's definitely part, aspect of, you know, in the death of humanity, man. And, uh, you know, where is it? And we, we want it back. And you can see people are trying, and the consciousness is opening. But Absolutely. But, you know, we're still in these early phases where we're too judgmental about how we're getting there. And, you know, on one aspect, you have to make a solid judgment that it's common sense. You're going to protect animals. You're going to protect children. You're going to protect environment. You're going to protect the disabled. You're going to protect elders. You know, you're going to do these things that are just kind of like, you have to mature into it, dude. <laughs> well, you, the thing is, is that they're, they're all, they're all part of the same thing. To stand up for one of them is to stand up for all of them. That's, that's how I feel about it. But it just seems like, you know, you'll have people pick and choose which one. That's fine too. And if that's, you know, where you're at, you know, at least you're choosing one of them, but. It is. You're right, though. I agree. It is better. The whole kit and caboodle. It's like. I mean, I think to truly, to truly do it is to is to you know fight for all of them. I guess is what I was getting at. I think it's a good idea, and I think you know right now with all the big business and the end of the boomers, and now you got these like you know kids that are under MK Ultra trying to keep up the boomer walking and that's what I'm calling it you know it's like boomer boomeranging <laughs> boomeranging <laughs> yeah because you know they threw the fucking thing first it's coming back at you you know right right and now you have to, you're the one that you know and we're young still even though I'm mm-hmm. about to hit 50 yeah I'm I'm still young still young I'm still young I still have responsibilities I still have to have this global consideration about absolutely the way I don't want to fucking live in some fucking messy shit you know I don't mind drawing it in my comics (laughs) but I you know that's where that shit belongs in art therapy Mm, you know just like our ability to vent and talk about the the loose ass fucking judicial, you know, systems over animals and who's actually making these stupid ass fucking laws. And then how do we get around it? You know, like whatever you and I did, Mm -hmm. I feel like it was by fluke. (laughs) Like we weren't, Hey, let's go sit. Cause you know, if we had to save 500 animals by 5 o'clock that day, chances are, you know, and I hate saying it like that, but that's the reality of shit, and it's a hard cock to suck, okay? But the whole thing is is that, you know, we actually just did a little bit of work. 
and just a little bit of investigation. You gave me a little bit of lead. I fucking did something else that compounded. Called my mom and was like, she was like, oh, I didn't know that. So she called up, <laughs> you know, her sister who's working there. Yeah. And like I said, we'll have her on the show a little later. But and I hope you get to hear this. And I really want to thank you for just taking the time and being on the third episode here two and a half years after the show started. Wow. You've been on since the beginning, dude. It's wild. Nice little recognition throwback, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know. Different time, different place, different era. (laughs) Yep. You were the first official episode, really, man. And I think at that time, you know, it was 2020 and it was virus land. And we were all just yeah. like, holy shit. And now I, I got a bunch of friends who have COVID now. Mm. I don't know uh, what that necessarily means. Right. But, you know, uh, don't think that we're out of the gates yet, guys. Uh, I have friends in Colorado that just got COVID, mm-hmm. you know, and all this other shit. And I remember us talking about it then. And it still is frightening now but at least they're not showing pictures of fucking nerf balls with punk rock spikes coming out of them or some fucking weirdo horns coming out of them looking like some the virus that's going to kill you you know it's like i had to see that illustration like everybody else does you're forcing it down my throat i don't need to keep seeing the covid like golf ball with the little horns and spikes coming out of it you know it's like i don't you know You're just trying to scare me. Right. And it's like, you don't need to be scared. You need to be aware. You know, and I I think that's what, in this particular situation, it's like, I I talked to this one uh, vet earlier on in Texas, ironically, and she said she quit because dogs carry COVID. (laughs) And I was like, and I went and read up on it. It was like, Seven to eight percent of the population of canine can care. It's like that's doesn't seem like such a high fucking risk. And even if you didn't get it from a dog, it's like, what are you going to do? Piss on a milk bone? Mm. Who gives a fuck? You know, it's like what the dog's really going to get you that sick, dude. So I thought that was kind of weird. I just think people have excuses for like why they like you said, it's species. Uh kind of speciesism you know it's the same as racism or anything else with the ism it's usually going to end up in some fucking fucked up ism right you know and it's stupid it's just that your train of thought on it you know right right and you have been you know going to help these animals for like a solid two years that i've been talking since i started doing the show I think, you know, you've done what you can to, to uh, overcome speciesism. I, it's it's work every single day, you know, because, like I said, it's, it's something that we all inherently have and are taught in some way, shape, or form. You know, like I said, it can be down to something really small, you know, where people don't like snakes and spiders, and, and that's, you know, that's really their only thing they could... They could, you know, eat a plant-based diet and live in a, you know, an earth ship. 
but as soon as they see a spider in their home, they squash it. You know, like, <laughs> who knows? Like, I don't, I don't know with people, but it's, um, it's work that we all have to do, you know, the, in every aspect. But when I speak particularly to the topic of, you know, non-human animals, uh, we have a lot of unlearning to do and a lot of learning in how we all need to collectively like care and take care of each other. Adaptability is key, y'all, and yeah. to, to be able to live in harmony. And, well, we're uh, taught, yeah, to, to to really numb ourselves. You know, uh, our our society has really, especially here in in the United States, we've really you know made people very numb to the fact of um, of the kind of suffering that we inflict upon animals and other species and how they just seem so destroyable in this one aspect that they've kind of just like burnt on you too like hey humans will always be more important yes always be more important more valuable and everything else is more disposable and it's its existence serves us but it's not the way it works. And, and it, yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, no, I know. And then it's just like we still cannot express enough how many animals are just so fucked over. Mm-hmm. It, it's just no matter how we're trying to maintain some kind of balance here, you know, in the in the cadence of the show and everything. But you know, the reality is, if you saw these things right now. We'd all be tore up, snot coming out of our nose, can't even breathe because you're fucking crying so hard. And you really should feel that way. And I hate saying that should. I hate that word, man, but I've always hated saying should. But there's just some things you just should do, dude. Like, you know, fucking put yourself in someone else's shoes or pause for that matter. And it's just (laughs) like, you know, these guys, they got no voice like that. But if they did, you'd hear it. And, you know, you'd hear the the language. And you'd, you'd, you'd fucking just, you'd do anything for them. You'd go, you'd lay your life down all of a sudden. If you hear, if they, if you could hear their voice, like human voice style. Even though it is yeah. like the same uh, vocalization or whatever. If they could <laughs> form English fucking words. And talk, you know, in the language that it they were at. Because it's not just America. America is a wasteful motherfucker, though. But the whole world really just wastes these guys. And it's like, you know, it's it's just, you know, we got to take a look at the big picture. It's, it's a global epidemic. It is. It's easy to say, hey, America is fucked up. Well, that's true. But, you know, what are you going to do about it? You know, what's all this pain and suffering if you don't get the fuck up and fight and protect that which needs protected? It's like, you know, you can sit there on your hands, watch the shit go down. uh, Or you could take Phoenix and I's uh, advice and we actually put shit into action. That's why this podcast is happening, so you can hear it. And so I could actually get... Someone who gives a shit to share this time with us. And it was needed. And I appreciate that, Phoenix. Thank you. Oh, 
having me. No problem. I uh, am going to wrap this segment up here, but uh, I want to thank you and just keep up the work. And anytime you got a story, definitely call the show, okay? Yeah, thank you, friend. I will. Hopefully I won't have any sad stories in this future boat trip I'm about to go on. (laughs) But I'll let you know when I get back from the seas what I find. We're going to be here waiting. We'll be right back, dude. Imagine being alone and scared in an unfamiliar neighborhood with nowhere to go. That is a sad reality for many animals throughout the United States. In Michigan, it's no different. Every year at the Oakland County Animal Control and Pet Adoption Center, we see more than 5,000 animals come through our doors. Animals that are abused, homeless, sick, or injured. Many of them are frightened, scared, and just looking for a place to call home. Hoping for a second chance. A chance to be loved. A chance to be cared for. These animals need your help now. Rescue and adopt one of our animals. You won't just be making a difference in their life. You could be making a difference in your own. Visit the Oakland County Pet Adoption Center today. Make a difference. Save a life. The kitty land. Ricky. Kitty land. It's like three bucks a day as well. It's a wee locker. Ricky, it's my turn. The kitty land love center is an expansive, supervised play area for cats. Bring them in and I'll look after them. Fifteen dollars for each kitty. I can take about fifteen of them at a time. And I'll give them all the love that they need. Different areas to play, like the land of mice. It's one of my favorite tracks. It's right there, which I think is going to be. How are you doing, gentlemen? Jenny asked me to click all the piss jugs in the park. You got any piss jugs you want to get rid of, boys? Can you get out of here with your piss jugs? You're in the fucking middle of something here. Live TV? What are you talking about, Ricky? Hey, how are you doing? Oh, by the way, I heard a little rumor that there's uh, a certain ex trucker living. In the dump. How's it feel to be a loser, right? Living in the dump. You'll get yours, buddy. Promise it. Call my dad a loser? Yeah, just like you. Right? You guys are gonna be a loser, right? You want to make something up with you? Yeah, man. That's the father of your child. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go What are you doing? Get off of Ricky. You're just a loser, Rick. Break it up, your old man. Oh, shit. Poor Bob Wills. This is not what the Kitty Man's Health Center is about. There's not, not usually drunk people or piss jokes here. I don't take good care of your kids. You're good to go. Kitty Man's Health Center is a fun bit of South Park. I may as well just go back to hauling carts. Because Kitty Land, I have no fucking way anybody's going to bring a kitty down to that place. Trying to trailer parks and just rolling around with piss jugs on a hockey stick. Come down to Kitty Land, balls will fuck with your cat big time. I will. We now return.
Welcome to the show, Cindy Sargent, out there in uh, East Texas. How you doing, Cindy? Well, I am doing great. I am in South Texas, oh. the great southern tip of Texas. Oh, oh shit! Didn't even know it. Well, as long as you don't make the border. <laughs> we uh, I wanted to do this animal episode for a while now, and I had my veterinarian friend on earlier Phoenix Roebuck and I wanted to get you on there probably end up talking to mom last on here cool and uh you know mom because you guys are sisters yes we are well there she's my my Ming (laughs) she's my headache no. <laughs> oh man, she really pushed the she pushes the envelope, huh? But in this particular case, mom came through with flying carpets. I'm just gonna let you tell everybody what happened, right? What happened as far as the animals or what happened as far as her disappearing? <laughs> no, I already did the disappearing episode. If you guys wanna listen to that. It was called My Mom Was in Fucking Glow. And if you don't know what the fuck glow stands for, it means gorgeous ladies of fucking wrestling. I guess that would be (laughs) gloff. But, you know, you get it. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, anyway, I wanted to, something happened. I did a little bit of research and it ended up saving a bunch of animals. And I'm still not even sure what the whole story was. So I've been kind of waiting just to get it down and to do the Those Amazing Animals episode. You remember that show? Yes. And so what happened was is that our Mission Animal Shelter has not been updated since 1980. And um, I started getting involved in it. I didn't realize how how horrible it was over there. Just um, fucked up conditions for these little guys, right? Yeah, it was really pretty bad. And uh, so me and some other citizens formed a group. And it's called Paws, P-A-W-S, Fur, F-U-R, Help. And uh, we got involved and we started changing things over there, along with uh, Mission Impo- Mission Pausable. Oh. And uh, Mission Pausable was the group that was there to begin with. They've been there for like five years. And uh, they are an advisory board for the city of Mission. But uh, we stepped in and things started happening. You know, we started, uh, we've got an enclosed in area now and, you know, we can have people come in and, and start walking the dogs. So they aren't there for 30 days in a kennel. <clears throat> so, which is what was happening. And, uh, we've got a real issue down here. You know, uh, poverty is like very, very high down here. It's like every other person, Every person down here is in poverty. Uh, they don't uh, take, they don't spay and neuter, which is a very very big thing that you need to do to keep from multiplying these animals. And they get one dog, and all of a sudden, before they know it, they've got twenty in their yard, and so they start dumping them. Oh. And when they start dumping them, they just you know there's a lot of rural area down here, and the poor things um, get dumped in the middle of nowhere and there's no food, water, 
and they go down really fast. And the same thing with cats. Cats are my vice. They are the ones that I advocate for. I advocate for all animals, but mainly for the cats because the cats always get left behind. And uh, they get they always get the last deal, if even that. So I, you know, we started researching and seeing what we could do, and SPCA was involved and they started going in and they started uh uh they started looking at the shelter and saying hey let's do this and let's do that and let's change this up and you know let's let's make some changes here we can we can make this a non-euthanized uh shelter which is what our main goal is is to make it a non-euthanized a no-kill shelter and uh because there's tons of animals that get killed every day, everywhere, not just this shelter, but everywhere, to make room for other animals that get dumped. Oh. And it's sad. It's very, And very this isn't sad. something that, that's new either. It's been just no going on for so long, and it's just that I thought this, uh, this whole episode was dedicated to breaking speciesism, <laughs> you know, and... and Kind of like, well, just because, you know, and as you're saying, these guys don't even take care of themselves, much less no. the environment. Yeah, and cats are very important for the environment. You know, we've got so many rats down here and stuff like that, that cats help keep that down. Hmm. And, you know, they, cats are very mystical creatures, if you ask me, and, and they have healing powers and... I believe in cats. I, I do. And human nature, human, the, the world is cruel right now, just plain cruel. All the way I've around, yeah. I've seen a lot of stuff. And I think one of the, one of the, the stories that just got me to my core was somebody had dumped a mama. Uh, she, was a, um, she was a husky. Well, she is a husky. She um, she got dumped with her five babies, oh. and she was so emaciated, she couldn't even get up off the ground. And um, she, one of my, one of my uh, group, one of the people in the group had found her, scooped her up. She, she couldn't even lift her head, scooped her up, started going around to the vets. Of course, this was Saturday, so nothing was open. And that's another problem that we have down here. We've got seven to ten beds for a county that is the largest in the state of Texas. Hmm. And that's how many veteran veterinarians we have covering the whole entire Hidalgo County. And so, therefore, Not our enough. spay and neuter clinics are backed up for three months. Hmm. So by the time they get in to get spayed and neutered, <clears throat> they've already had two litters or one litter. So uh, it, it's a real, real big issue down here, and this is what we're trying to change. We're trying to get more programs for spay and neuter. We're trying to get them out of the shelter so that we can do something with them. We've started transporting up north to other places like Minnesota, Portland, uh, and these are all other states. These other states up north do not have 
the overpopulation that we have down here because they spay and neuter everything up there in other states. And their shelters are empty. So they are transporting animals from down here to up there, fixing them and adopting them out. Hmm. So there's a bunch of South Texas kitties and doggies that are going up north and um, being adopted out to forever homes. It's a lot, right? It's a lot, but... It is. It is a lot. I've had uh, seven... Hard to not tug at the heartstrings, right? It is. uh. I tell you. And they dump day-old kittens all the time at the shelter. And I have taken a bunch of day-old kittens and put them on nursing mamas or bottle-fed them myself. And uh, they've grown, and that was like four months ago when I started doing that. And now I've got some four-month-old kittens in my garage. I've converted the garage into a cat barn. I call it my cat barn. I've had 70 cats and kittens go through there since uh, April. And they've all, those have been transported out up north. And now I've got 18 cats and kittens in there. And most of them, I've got two, three mamas. I've got three mamas and um, all the rest of them are kittens. Hmm. So, uh, and they're either kittens that I've bottle fed, uh, put on the nursing mama. I've got 12 bottle feeders that I've already put on a nursing mama at a friend's house down the road from me. And those will eventually come back over to me so I can raise them a little bit further up. But, um, it is such an issue and it's just, it's heartbreaking. Well, anyways, back to the Husky. So the Husky, we finally got her. They finally got her into a vet. Hmm. They did not expect her to live. She had a Yikes. heat stroke. Her organs were shutting down. The babies had to be bottle fed. They could not go back on her. Uh, she finally made it through. And it was Atticus Rescue Group from up north that stepped in and said, hey, we'll pay for the vetting. There is some independent outfit. Yes, it's an independent rescue. So we're working with all kinds of rescues. And they're all independent, right, pretty much? They're all independent. My group just recently got their 501C. Okay. So uh, we are official. And and, tax-exempt, right? Yeah. And so now we qualify for all kinds of stuff. Right. All kinds of stuff out there. So we're real excited about that, and we're making changes by leaps and bounds. And you know what, Adam? It takes a village. It takes a village. And the community, uh, you know, they find a kitten, and that's the first thing they do is put it on Facebook and say, oh, I found this kitten. Won't somebody take it? Well, you found it. Why don't you take it? And we'll try to, you know, transport it up north. Nobody wants to take the responsibility of an animal that they find on the street. Mm. And so they have to go to foster in order to, you know, and all the fosters are full right now, I have to say. Because there are not very many fosters out there. Mm. But, yeah, that, that's how it started was with, with SPCA. This sounds so hard. 
It's such is. a hard. It really is. This I, is. I, I wish you know. It's too bad that this is the reality. You know. Yeah. It is. It is. It's, it's that bad. grim. And you know what, man? Anybody who's feeling it, you know, I I have shows that have humor and stuff in them. Sometimes this isn't one of them. You know, this it's not funny. This is not uh, something I'm gonna joke about. You know, or uh, anything like that, you know, and I don't think anybody really should not take it serious. It almost should be like we have to globally, like, throw down. Like, we should just all have to globally throw down and protect these things that just can't be protected, man. And I'm so. They're God's little creatures, and they don't have a voice. Or they, you know, they do. We just don't fucking listen, you know? Yeah. It's not heard. It's not heard the way that we, you know, but if they were screaming out and da-da-da-da, I don't know how many more people would actually still care. And I think that's just the problem is, you know, there's not enough care right now. And people are so worried about paying eight bucks a gallon of gas in some places like California. I do. I do. I get it. I mean, I go all over the place picking up animals. Yesterday I rescued, I picked up a little kitten that somebody had found in their backyard. They had a pool. They were afraid it was going to get in the pool. So I had to go over, you know, two cities over and go pick it up. I don't have money for gas. I don't, you know, I scrimp and scrape and do what I can. See, that's what I would like people to be able to just get past their you know, like, hey, you're going to have to do without sometimes to help something out or someone out, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, it's a damn shame, man. I inadvertently ended up helping out and I'm glad because I got the information that I got from Phoenix. So I'm glad it got back and somehow we were able to connect and things got good. You know, mom was pretty stoked about that one. You know, that's good. Yeah, she was really happy that whatever I had done, and I still don't know kind of even <laughs> what I've done, uh, but I'm glad it helped a little, you know. You got the number for SPC, <coughs> and I'm not sure what number they used to call them or how they got a hold of them, but we did eventually get a hold of SPCA, and they did step in and they started doing um, inspections of the kennels and how protocol was was worked in the in the shelter Damn. and they we put some new protocols in place um so there's new protocols in the shelter and uh there are new things happening good things we've got a tnr uh barn you know behind the cat barn yeah and uh, so what we do is our tnr program is growing tnr is trap neuter release and so it's growing and they find a cat in a neighborhood. They uh, pick it up. Uh, it's feral. There's yeah. some cats you cannot domesticate. And they get it fixed. They uh, release it back to um, wherever they came from, from whence they came. So everything is documented. And uh, they, they get it fixed. They, they let it, you know, respite in the, in the little area that we have for them. And then once they do that, they put them back, you know, in the truck and they go back to whence they came. Hmm. So that's one of the programs that we have going that has been a big change. That's so great. I'm glad. So 
that is really neat because everybody here in Texas, and then you've got, you know, we, our group, the Pause for Health, rescues just about everything. We've rescued birds, we rescued rabbits. I rescue possums. I have tons, I have about 10, 15 possums running around in my yard. Oh, wow. That every single one of them I have taken and they've been beaten up or they've needed some kind of medication. I've medicated them and released them back into the yard. Oh, that's so great, man. I've done that for years. But um, so our, our group is responsible for a lot of stuff and we're, we're moving through leaps and bounds. And tomorrow we have an adoption clinic at one of the big, uh, it's called the five by five brewery tomorrow. And um, we're going to try to adopt some animals out. You know, we want to give back to the community. We want the community to step in and say, Hey, I want to take that dog home. You know, I want to give it a forever home. Now we're also the adoptions is another thing too, is we're also, uh, monitoring the adoptions. The form is no longer a one page, you know, fill this out. Here's your name, number, uh, date of birth, you know, whatever. No, this is a five page form that they fill out. Now we monitor them. We call them on a daily basis, not on a daily basis. Like we don't bother them like that, but we call them and we say, Hey, is there something that we can help you with? You know, how are you doing with with your with your dog that you adopted or your cat that you adopted at the clinic? Yeah. You know, and we're making sure that instead of them bringing it back to the shelter because it barked too much or it meowed too much, we're making sure that they're okay with it, <clears throat> that they're taking care of it, and they're that they're going to give it a loving forever home. Are you uh? Can you give uh, the audience out there uh, information of where they can go to donate safely? I don't have a website or anything like that. I am on um, Facebook. I'm under Cynthia Sarge. Well, I'm, I'm one of your friends, so they can look on your friends list and friend me. Maybe, yeah. Um, I don't know what my privacy settings are. I, I might have it on fuck-off mode. <laughs> I, it might be on fuck-off mode. <laughs> yeah, I I just recently put mine to public, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really wanted to do that. Yeah, it's but, like, ugh, why? It's yeah, like the public generally is greasy right now. I blame social media yeah. for destroying almost every friendship I have. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I didn't know how. I didn't need to know how every fucking friend was doing every fucking day. I remember days when it was like, "Hey, give me a call like every once in a while." You know, once in the blue moon, you can come see me. You know, it's just like, hey, yeah. you know, I'll come knock at your fucking door, shit like that. You know, and it <laughs> now it's yeah, like uh, you can so te you can text me and. It's like you know what? If you guys want to though, look up the uh, what area are you in? I am in Mission, Texas. Mission, Texas. Know, you know, I can give you my phone number, and they can text me. I'm always working. I have two full-time jobs, and and I'm always working and picking up kittens. I mean, you and I have been trying to do this for a long, long time, and uh, yeah. since I started it. And no kidding, this is the first time you've, you've pegged me down and said, okay, you're going to sit down and we're going to do this. And you sound great, and I appreciate you actually having the ability to take the time, because I do, 
I do appreciate how busy you are, you know, and I know that most most of us are busy these days. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, hey, with what we're uh, doing and with what you're doing and how important it is, we definitely appreciate you taking the time and doing what you're doing for these these guys out there on four legs yes, that sir. can't take yeah. care of themselves and just, you know, they need a hand, dude. They don't need a bunch of... uh bs you know i mean we're bad enough to ourselves it's like you can't yeah. honestly look at this little kitty this this poor little tiny guy and just be like thinking only about yourself man and people i can't get past that that's even a thing but you know whatever man you gotta be able to look within give deep if you can know the struggle that <laughs> Not only humans are hurting, but these little guys are too. I have a saying on the back of my shirt. The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. You know what? Those are some of the greater words that I've ever heard spoken. How you agree with that? Gandhi said that. Yep. And uh, I believe in it wholeheartedly. I think that that I think that a lot of people stink. Well, I don't want to say the S word, but I, I think that a lot of, you know, humanity is cruel right now. What, they and, suck? Uh, you mean they fucking suck, Cindy? Is that what you mean? I can say, I can I say, can say I'll that. say it for you. <laughs> they fucking suck. <laughs> Motherfuckers. God damn it. Quit being a fucking dick and give, give deep, man. Come on. Quit being a dick. Don't be a dick, be a dude, right, Cindy? That's right. Be a dude. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I can I can give you my phone number, or, or you know, I I don't I I don't know if I would want to put my address out there, but um, but you guys, I mean, anything that you can give would be great. I mean, cat food, you know, kitty litter, uh, canned cat food, uh, dog food. know anything we have a pantry for the community because you know it's not always a person's fault that they can't feed their animal and we don't want to take that animal away from them we want them to be able to keep their animals hopefully by the time i publish this you guys listening you can go ahead and just look into details of the thing and i'll hopefully have additional like a public address that can be sent for any additional goods or some some kind of like you know we'll set up a I think a like you know a go pet me fund you know should be probably called for maybe that's something we can look forward to setting up huh Cindy Yes I would love that All right well um, here, we're we're going to keep moving forward and progressing and and keep doing things uh to make our situations better not just for us but for these little guys that can't help them protect themselves. Cindy, I yeah, want to thank you for to, being here. We need to be the voice for them, that's for sure. Thank you for being here tonight, Cindy. Adam, thank you for having me. You're awesome and amazing. Yeah, you are. Yeah.
You just woke up, Mom? Yeah. I laid down and took me a nap for a while. Yeah, I'm feeling this kind of high-pressure gravity strain lately myself. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Planet X. It's the way to Planet X. It's like, you know, you got six bodies around you just... They're gigantic, man. I mean, they're fucking shit up, right? Yep, and we just had that planetary alignment, so that probably got something to do with it. Probably. But, you know, I'm just gonna keep chugging right the fuck along, pain or not, you know, whatever. Life's a fucking pain in the ass. And I guess that's what that this episode's about. You know, um, pause for identification. You know, I guess that's what I'll end up calling it because it was the pause thing that your sister is involved with. Yep. Dealing with the cats and she deals, she's a kitty lady, man. She's like, she's like Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys, right? Loves the kitties. Yep. But you know, this is real stuff. She rescues dogs, too, but she prefers cats. Yep, that's what she was saying. I cats, too, but I prefer dogs. Yep, and, uh, you know, it's a problem. I just wanted to go ahead and just initiate this episode. And uh, I haven't done one in support of animals. Not that it hasn't been on my mind, but it seems like humans take up the arena most of the time. And I just wanted to put humans uh, aside and not be a speciesist. Not, a, I don't want to examine speciesism, and they're just as important as we are. Yep. You know, you're not going to let these guys get hurt, and if you do, you're just part of the problem, man. You know, and that's what we need. We need help. We need help. We need uh, <laughs> help all over the world with pretty much everything by this point and it's without a doubt you know but uh it's hard not to be distracted and it takes a village and that's what your sister said it takes it takes a village to get it together it's got to start happening somehow but i guess we got to go through this whole shitty time right now right yeah. Not that great. But it's good to take it the time at least look into it, y'all. Like your local wherever you're at, you know. These animals need help wherever you're at. I promise you, dude. They're just being transported around to different states and you know, these places aren't necessarily properly facilitated. They need supplies. They need help. Cindy needs help. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, in time, we'll be able to just keep working towards this thing. You know, she needs a GoFundMe thing. I'm going to see what I can do to put it together for her. You know? Well, I never really get down with the GoFundMes necessarily because everybody's 
got something they want to push and try to get money for and it's just like tapped out I'd rather just do it for something beside myself you know I only do it for other people and other causes yeah I'm not going to put out a GoFundMe for this radio show or like the podcast, I mean, or whatever the fuck it is. Podzine. Is that what it is, Mom? We're fucking doing? <laughs> We're doing podzines, not punk light zines. This shit is not punk light. And it's punk rock to fucking go and help an animal out. So up your fucking punk points and go fucking do it. You know? I know my mom is doing everything she can there. You got a whole army of motherfuckers, cats and dogs that you just take care of consistently. Yeah, Mom? You there? Yeah. <laughs> you take care of these guys, huh? Yeah. Well, I've seen it firsthand. And I know there's a lot of people out there. We just got to get together, man. Got to do more. Gotta do more. And uh, if you guys want uh, for this show and you're specific about donating, uh, you know, this money will not go to this show. Like I said, it will go to these cats, to Cindy Sargent out there in South Texas. She doesn't want to give her address. I don't fucking blame her. If you guys make a note, on the back end of uh, Spotify or Anchor and you want to kick down and specifically for this cause, uh, feel free, you know. And if you want to, uh, we really don't have a mailing address for the things that, but if you guys just do some simple research or talk to Cindy directly, you can uh, contact us at 206-666-5847. We'll put you in touch with Cindy, and she'll be happy to work with you from there. I'm sure. Yes, indeed. That's my baby sister, y'all. <laughs> and here y'all love Grandma Gutterpunk. You gotta love Cindy. And we want to thank you. Like me. Want to thank you, Grandma Gutterpunk, for being on the show tonight, and Phoenix Roebuck for coming back and taking the time, and and uh, Cindy Sargent. It's been a hell of a show, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this motherfucker up, and I'm going to close her out. You going to smoke up, Mom? What, darling? You smoking it up? Not yet. Hey, <laughs> it's... Smoking a cigarette. Still <laughs> trying to put my eyeballs back open. Oh, shit. Well, we're keeping it short and sweet tonight, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, you guys hang out, and we'll be right the fuck back. What's up, man? I hope you guys learned some shit today, man. You're not... Just just because you're fucking some apex predator doesn't mean you're the ultimate species on the fucking planet, dude. If your heart didn't get moved after what you heard today... I don't know. You better smoke more weed. And the people that are fucking helping out animals. 
You don't have to fucking put down humans. Humans need help too, motherfucker. But you gotta be fair, man. Humans can provide for themselves a little bit better sometimes. But sometimes the animal and the human are in the same fucking position, man. The human's about as fucking useful to itself as the animal is. All they're doing is digging in trash. This is fucking ridiculous, man. Not that I don't like trash and recycling and shit. One thing doesn't have to do with the other. Your ass is not more important than some fucking animals on this fucking planet. Get the fuck over your shit. And you don't have to fucking put down humans either just because you want to save animals. This whole fucking thing, we're on, we're both on this fucking planet, dude. Did you happen to fucking notice? You have to protect the thing that doesn't protect itself, man. And it's not, and it doesn't protect itself because it it doesn't want to, it's just it fucking can't. Fucking asshole. It's an epidemic, the animals are on the street. This is America. Uh-huh. Yeah, what has he done? He's neglected a bunch of fucking animals. And his own fucking brother in the fucking street. Yo, man, if you got a story, hero shit, 206-666-5847. You can call me or my mom. You can leave money for Cynthia Sargent. In my Zell account, adamairwilliams at gmail.com. Z-E-L-L-E. Get it fucking rolling, Rock. You've been listening to Adam AirMD GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy. Until next time, gang. Bye, Lily Eye. So long. Bless you. Bye. Take care. Adios. Bon voyage. Toodle Uh, so long. Bye, bye. Bye, everybody. Sayonara, dude. So long. Bye, bye. Bye, bye now. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye, bye. Ha, ha.